This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the WOMED. Special treat for you. No, it's not Michelle Obama. I wish it was. But you guys get me this week. Just me. I thought it would be kind of cool to do a Q&A. I've been getting lots of questions in my DMs from you guys. And I really wanted to be able to answer them. I get a ton on my personal page and on the WOMED. So I thought this would be a fun way to just kind of compile some of the top ones. A lot of them overlap, you know, NCLEX questions, studying for boards, you know, like how to be in the NICU, stuff like that. Yeah, I thought this would be super fun to do. So bear with me. Let's do this. Oh, nursing energy moment. Let's start there. This one was super sweet. And it honestly reminded me of, you know, those moments where like you really can connect with patients and they just kind of sit with you and stay in your heart. So I thought this would be like a really neat one to share. This week's nurse tea energy moment comes from Julia 20 She says, hi, I wanted to send you my nurse tea moment as it may be one of the moments I remember forever. I just finished my last rotation of my nursing school career and we were placed in palliative care. I had a patient who was nearing the end and had not eaten for the last two days. When I offered her ice cream, it was the only moment all day she had spoke clearly. I sat with her as she ate her ice cream, and I felt this moment of complete ability to show my compassion, which is sometimes rare in this field. It was a moment that reminded me that this is where I'm meant to be. And I wanted to share that because, you know, as nurses we all kind of feel called to these these different areas of care. Well, and doctors too. Don't want to leave anybody out there, respiratory therapists, you know, everybody, the whole gamut of the medical field. And things like palliative care or hospice care or even, you know, I mean, in any of like the peds floors, adult floors, you know, we've all dealt with experienced death in some way, whether it's a quick, like massive code, a long code, or, you know, in the NICU for me, I can personally speak to these moments where, you know, you've, you've done all your, you've done all that you can. And it comes to a point where you're doing things to a patient, not for a patient. And that's a really, really difficult spot. I mean, it's, a spot you'd never wish on anybody, but it it's part of life. It happens and parents have to make these decisions to, to withdraw care on their children. This is going to sound strange, but you can make death really beautiful. You can, I mean, sometimes, not not all the time, you know, I mean, some things happen too quick, but if you if you get the chance, you know, if you if you have like a planned withdrawal, you can get all the family in. This is pre-COVID, but you can get the family in. You can have, you know, 
Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, which is a beautiful organization of photographers that will come in for free and, you know, take like the last family photos, doing things like the last bath, you know, with, with parents was always really special to me, making foot molds, just like making these keepsakes and as, as difficult and tragic as it is, you know, I mean, that was something that I took a lot of pride in, or like I used to, when I worked in the NICU was to try and create something beautiful, like within those last moments, something that wasn't scary, you know, like the baby finally, you know, sometimes, you know, especially in the NICU, it's the first time that parents are seeing their child not attached to anything, no leads, no IVs, no breathing tube, no CPAP, you know, and just making, you know, comments like, look at this beautiful face, you know, like just spend some time here, hold hold them and just appreciate this beautiful child that you created to the nursing energy point. Those memories not only sit with, you know, the family, but they also sit with that person. You know, it's like some of the last moments that they're feeling that like love and like tender and like connectedness, but it also sits with you. Holding on to those moments that you created, like a really beautiful last moment can help to offset some of the pain. So on that note, it's kind of somber. Sorry, guys. Let's get into, actually, you know what? This is just my episode. I can circle back around and continue to touch on or get on a soapbox, if you will. I want to talk about mental care for nursing staff. This is not an ad. This is something that I've been, you know, thinking about more and more is how you know, mental health is still stigmatized. It's still stigmatized like as healthcare workers, because we feel this, we have to, we're the ones taking care of people. We shouldn't need to have ourselves taken care of, but it's the same thing. You can't pour out from an empty cup. You can't give anything else out from an empty cup. And when you're in a position of whether it's hospice, traumatic, ER deaths, controlled withdrawals of patients, you know, it still is a weight. It's still emotion and care that you're pouring out. Our mental health is so important when it comes to that. And I fully believe that's why we're having so much burnout in nursing and taking the time to like really focus on and advocate, not just for medical health professionals, but really trying to force like insurance companies that like mental health is healthcare, you know, and trying to make it more accessible and more affordable to people and bringing this more full circle when you're in these positions where you do see death more frequently, taking care of your mental health, finding a therapist, having like work debriefings, you know, what have you, like taking that space to honor your patient, honor what you gave to that patient and talk therapy is what's going to help you continue to like manage, compartmentalize and be able to, to better care for your patients. Because at least in my experience, it's a trauma. You know, every death is is a, is a trauma, not just for the family, but it's, it's a trauma for yourself too. And I just think it's really, really important that as healthcare workers, 
we we learn how to handle that death for ourselves because no one no one sees more of it than us. Please consider trying to find a therapist or someone to talk to when you need it. Make use of your like employee assistance programs, you know, because and and I've used them before and they're able to, you know, offer you so many sessions, but you know also refer you to different counselors or therapists that would be under your work insurance. So make use of your resources. That's part of like my best advice for hopefully trying to prevent burnout, like find a therapist because it's just so, it's so beneficial to have someone just to listen to you. You know, they're, they're not biased. They're just listening and, and offering you support. And we all need some support. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Okay, next question. I love this question. I had a listener write in and say, Hi, I'm starting an accelerated nursing program in a few weeks. Do you have any advice you could give me about starting a nursing program and dealing with nursing while in this COVID pandemic? Lots of parts to this. I'm not quite sure if it's a career change that you're making or if you're doing like an accelerated program to um, get your bachelor's, uh, but congrats either way. Like this is, this is awesome. Um, I love hearing about people either, you know, making the switch into nursing or, you know, going for their like advanced degrees. I have also personally been out of school since 2007. So <laughs> I'm going to have to think back here a bit, but let's see what honestly stands out to me the most about nursing school were my friends and roommates. Uh, we were each other's support and study group. And quite honestly, the entire reason that I made it through nursing school, because it's tough. Honestly, we spent a lot of time at Perkins studying well into the morning, which none of that applies now because COVID. But figuring out what works best for you to study is so important. Um, creating your own space that you can study in. Like this is your space to focus and to work and and make it free. It's, well, free as it can be of distractions. But um, one of my main things is do not study in your bed, if at all possible. Your bed is where you rest, you recuperate, you recharge. That's it. I don't care if you've got like a beanbag next to your bed. Your bed is your sacred space. Make sure you make your own area to study. Let's see, thinking um, you're in, well, we're in COVID. I honestly don't know what school's going to look like, but uh, FaceTime study groups sound like a great idea uh, with your classmates. Quizzing each other, you know, make up super silly acronyms. But seriously, the weirder, the better. I did that a lot. <laughs> and also just, you know, making space to care for yourself, self-care, take time 
you know, to take a bath, whatever self-care looks like for you, journal about your experiences. And you know what? Perfect spot to bring this up again. Prophylactic therapy, keeping your mental health right. You're learning in a pandemic and nursing will take a toll on your mental emotional health. You know, maybe not right away. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's 15, 20 years. But you want to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your patients to the best of your ability. And, you know, starting therapy sooner can help you to develop um, better coping skills. And uh, and we all could use more of those. <laughs> so I hope that kind of helps. Congrats again. And I'm excited for you to join the nursing field. Okay, let's see. Oh, this one's always good. I get tons of questions on night shift. Do you have any advice for the overnight shifts? I am starting on nights. First and foremost, invest in blackout curtains and a really great eye mask. Cannot stress that enough. Um, you're sleeping during the day, like you're your body already wants to be awake. So like the darker, more calm, peaceful environment that you can make for yourself is going to help you rest that much better. My favorite mask that I have is, I think it might actually be made for people who have like eyelash extensions. There's kind of these like cups. So it looks like a squishy goggles, I guess maybe um, is a good way to describe it. But it's so comfortable and you don't really feel like something smushing on your face, but it is creating like a really nice dark fit. Yeah. Get a really good mask and blackout curtains. People who start out on night shift or, you know, haven't been on nights for a minute, you're going to be nauseous while your body adjusts. Um, that's very, very common. Uh, so Either bring yourself some ginger ale, crackers, or if you're lucky enough and you have a unit nutrition room and you can sneak some ginger ale, Sprite, whatever, that will help with your nausea. If you can sneak like a quick, you know, run into the bathroom or if you can take a break, I definitely couldn't always take a break on nights um, other than my lunch break, but like snack a little bit you know, try and keep a little something in your stomach will help with you nausea through the night. Green tea, because I don't like coffee personally, um, but like green tea or matcha, you know, figure out like a night shift routine um, for your new morning and like treat yourself some to something that makes you feel good before you go in for your night shift. It just kind of helps set like a good mood for you. Oh, this is definitely something I've done. Take a nap in the parking lot or your parking garage if you're really tired. Sleep accidents are a real thing in the morning. I've known a couple of nurses to get into accidents while they were driving home. Just if you're that tired, if you're starting to feel kind of tired, there's no law saying that you can't pull over and take 20 minutes news. You know, anything to keep you, to keep you safe, get you home safe. Nights, nights are my favorite. Nights can be really, really great to work. I stayed on them my entire hospital career. And that's 12 years. There's a night shift crew and the laughs are just better. They're way more inappropriate conversations that happen between 3 and 4 a.m. than will happen at any moment in your life. Uh, but be very, you know, cognizant of if there's like a parent or, 
you know, someone around. But the jokes are great on Night Shift. I loved Nights. Let's see. Oh, how did you get into the NICU? I get asked this a ton. So I I didn't fully know about NICU because we didn't have that wasn't like a designated rotation in nursing school. You know, you have your peds rotation, geriatrics, adult ICU, you know, you don't get like just a NICU rotation. So what I ended up doing because I was curious about it, like you might get like a day to shadow, but I applied for an internship uh, the summer before my senior year, which I highly recommend. Um, It's a great way to get your foot in the door at the hospital. Um, If you're like living and going to school in an area that you want to stay in, hospitals tend to like to hire from within. If they know you, know you've like done good work for them. I did my internship before my senior year and it really helped me get a feel for what the workflow is like as a nurse. You know, that's where you you really learn your time management skills. You have a preceptor, but like you're doing patient care. You start to get your flow down. It honestly helped me to become more confident in my senior year of clinicals because I had that internship and that experience beforehand. And it just so happened that I was, you know, lucky enough to get it in the NICU. Job shadowing is a huge one. If the NICU is something that you are really interested in, really passionate about, job shadow. And I know a lot of you might might think it's hard, you know, like you have to have an in and the unit, but uh, a lot of hospital websites will have, you know, emails or numbers to the different units. So if you want a job shadow on the NICU, call them up. The MR, HUC, secretary, you know, at the front will answer your call and ask them for the email for um, like one of the charge nurses, one of the managers, the directors, whatever for the unit. And they can give that to you, you know, tell them that, I want to job shadow or I'm looking to job shadow. Can you give me this email so I can reach out directly? And that assertiveness is great. You know, that that shows units that you're really passionate. You want to um, learn all that you can. And that puts a face. If there's like a specific hospital you want to work in, go to that unit directly in that hospital. Because when you put your application in, they're going to be like, yes, I remember her. She came in and she was great. She like learned a ton and thank you cards. Oh my God, I cannot stress that enough. After you job shadow or you intern somewhere, send thank you cards. It's such a lost art. Not an email, get an actual card. Cardstock, ink to paper, do it. It leaves such an impression. And honestly, I've done that for well, I've worked in two of the top NICUs in the nation and I sent thank you cards after each interview, after each job shadow. And it just really helps you stand out. You know, Elle Woods said it best. You know, I think it gives it a little something. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Okay, let's see. NCLEX, any advice? Help me prepare. Again, (laughs) I took the NCLEX in 2007, so I don't know how much it's changed, but I did an NCLEX prep course that was offered through my university that helped me a ton take all the prep classes and quizzes that you can. Again, having that nursing, like your nurse friends to like quiz each other, you know, like take the test together, um, bounce the questions off of each other, try and like race each other with the questions, you know, like answering them. It makes it fun. And, you know, if like studying's fun, then you tend to remember like, oh, <laughs> I laughed really hard after Amber made this joke about like, this part of the body. And that reminds me of the actual answer. I'm rambling, but yes, take your quizzes, talk with your friends, get a study group. Oh, and this is 100% not sponsored at all, but I know a ton of nurses and this is more accurate and not 2007 that I'm bringing you, but tons of nurses who have used board vitals. They have everything on that site. All of the tests, all of the quizzes, prep questions, you name it. Yeah. The best that you can do is to invest in a good program that will like a really good test prep program. Breathe. Definitely keep breathing. This applies more, I think, to when you're taking the actual test because it's a really nerve wracking <laughs> experience um, because, you know, no pressure, but Your future kind of depends on if you pass the boards or not, which you can take them again if you need to. But I do know that like board vitals does kind of have that it's like some sort of guarantee, like you're guaranteed to pass or you get like half your money. But I don't know. Go to the website, check it out. It honestly, they'll, they'll be able to answer your questions on that better than I can. I just know that a ton of people have had success with them and all of my nursing tests there was usually two right answers, but you had to figure out which one that instructor wanted you to answer. And I feel like that's kind of the way the NCLEX works too. But just go with your gut. Like whatever you feel is the best answer, just put it down. Don't second guess yourself. Just be like, nope, this one and answer it. How, oh, this is a good one. How would you feel about having a SLP, radiology tech, occupational therapy, sonographer as guests. I would love to have all of them on as guests because I want to show with this podcast how many different areas there are for you to pursue in the medical field. OT, speech therapy, are so important, um, especially, you know, I can really only speak to NICU, but, you know, speech therapy helps 
helped us, you know, not only teach parents how to feed, um, but work out different feeding patterns and, and stuff for the infants. There's so many cool fields. Um, so if you, if you're a radiology tech, um, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, sonographer, get in my DMs. I would love to have you on. I would love to talk to you and talk about that career path and why you're passionate about it. Okay. This one I have been getting asked a ton. Everyone wants to know how I transitioned into the aesthetic field. And I mean, like (laughs) a lot of y'all are really curious about it, which I don't blame you. Um, Hospital nursing is really stressful. And it's actually, it's funny. It's like a lot of these messages I get are, hey, I used to work or I'm currently working in ICU. How did you make this transition? The transition kind of hit me out of nowhere, I guess. I had been out of the hospital. I had uh, left the NICU. I think it was probably about like six or like eight months after I had left the NICU, you know, starting to get that itch, like wanting to get my hands on some patients, but wasn't really ready to step back in the NICU, kind of like trying to figure out what paths I could take. And I was over at one of my friend's houses and her friend was over there doing her Botox. And and she was like, oh my God, you need to meet Elizabeth. You're going to love her. So I actually like, I had never had Botox. I had never had like, um, injections and stuff like that done. Um, like with like a neurotoxin, I've, I had had some filler work done, but that was all by like a, a nurse practitioner. But, um, my friend Elizabeth was a PA had like her own business and, and she was like, you know, nurses are injectors. And I'm like, what? I, I had no idea. I did not know that um, nurses could be injectors. There's not like an advanced degree to go to for um, nurses that want to join like the aesthetic field. I might be totally wrong with that. I just haven't come a- up to that yet. But there are obviously like trainings that you have to go to which has been a little difficult with COVID. (laughs) I started um, reaching out to some med spas and salons um, uh, to in like different clinics just to see if they were hiring, um, if they were hiring to train. That is a huge point. If you want to transition into aesthetics, look for different med spas that are hiring to train specifically. And don't be afraid to like ask them that. Be like, hey, I worked ICU for so many years and I really want to transition into this field. It seems super interesting. And are you willing to train me? So I found a a salon that was willing to do that. And I just started by, by shadowing her, you know, um, watching my boss um, do injections, um, doing filler, kybella, laser treatments. Like there's so much to learn in the aesthetic field. But by that caveat, also when you're applying to work at these different clinics and med spas, make sure you like the work that they're doing. 
like look at their Instagrams, look at their websites, look at what they post for um, as their like before and afters, because you want to learn from someone that like you, you see their work and you're like, wow, either that, that looks so natural. I love how that turns out. It's like subtle. That for me was, was really important. Like I wanted to work somewhere that, you know, I respected the work. It wasn't someone that looked like overfilled or totally frozen, you know. Okay, backpedaled just a smidgen. Before I started applying, I was Googling different classes that, you know, I that were in the area that I could go to um, that were all like level one introduction um, to fillers, level one introduction to Botox, classes like that. Um, a really great resource for me has been Palette Resources. Google them, look them up. They have tons of classes. Right now, they have a lot of virtual. Um, well, everything's pretty much virtual. They haven't started in-person trainings again yet. But they have a lot of virtual sessions that are like an hour and a half to two hours. Um, and they're like 40 bucks. You know, you um, get on, you go through like a PowerPoint course. And then the injector leading that um, goes through and has like a live model come in and like walks you through injecting these different points. Uh, and it's, it's so awesome. Like I can't, I mean, like I learned so much from um, even just like from taking those quick courses. So, but that being said, showing that you've already taken the initiative to learn and start, you know, getting your, your feet wet in the aesthetic field is, is a leg up to, you know, everyone else who's, who's applying for these jobs and has no idea, hasn't even like touched a insulin syringe, you know, or, um, or anything like that. So you have to take initiative. A couple months before I started, I actually was able to go to like an in-person training and watch multiple people inject. Um, but just take like notes and notes and notes just to see if it's something that I even liked. So like, that's just, it's just really important, you know, and especially because those courses are only like 40 bucks right now, pop on a couple of them, you know, and, and take them, see if it's something you're actually interested in. And they have tons of like intro courses. So yeah, that's been a great resource. And it's also been a great resource to continue to grow with because they have levels like two, three advanced, um, where you can learn advanced techniques and start Googling, uh, Google people or like search people on Instagram. That's probably better. Um, cause you can see the work and, and start following different people that you, you like their techniques, you like the style, you like their afters just to like really start trying to immerse yourself in the in in the aesthetic world. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if it should or shouldn't be more in depth than that, but I I had taken some of those courses and started applying and got hired in at this beautiful clinic and uh, I've been I've been training, I've been shadowing, mostly filler work now. I'm a bunch of in-person Botox trainings before everything shut down um and I've worked on a bunch of my friends and I'm starting to build up a clientele mostly just for for Botox right now. And it's just, it's fascinating. It's so much fun to do. 
and and learn. And I honestly can't wait to start continuing to do more like filler injections. I think it's really neat to kind of rebuild up a face, you know, that's starting to age, you know, as we age our like bone density decreases, our fat pads decrease and they sink and they sag. And it's nice to, you know, help someone correct that and like feel better about themselves or even to the point of, you know, correcting like some asymmetry that, that someone has been, you know, living with, with their face that they're, that's, that just sits with them, you know, just being able to help people, you know, feel like their best selves. It's been a a really unique transition. Um, Obviously, you know, it's not that intensity in the NICU, which I do find myself like I I still miss. I mean, no one's going to die on you. (laughs) And aesthetics, well, I mean, knock on wood, like hopefully no heart attacks or something like that happen. It's, It's not as intense of an environment. It's more of like an artistic and creative environment within the medical field. So it's really cool. I totally recommend, you know, challenging yourself with it. But, you know, first and foremost, take a few like courses if you can take a course or two and just see if it's something that you're even interested in doing. I hope that kind of helps in a roundabout (laughs) way. (laughs) I feel like I get off on tangents. This has been a really unique episode for me. I've never just sat and talked. So if you guys enjoyed it, let me know. If you have more questions, um, send those to me and maybe I'll, you know, start making this more of a quarterly thing. (laughs) You know, every once in a while, pop in here, just do a, you know, a catch up with me and talk through some questions and stuff that you guys have. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I love you guys. Uh, I really love doing this podcast. I love all of you that listen and follow along and take the time to, you know, message or, or leave reviews. Like I truly appreciate it. I really want this to keep growing. Um, the podcast, honestly, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about it and passionate about, you know, empowering women in this field. So if you want to come on, you know, send me a message and and hopefully we can make something work out. But I love reading your suggestions. I love meeting new people on this podcast and sharing their stories. Uh, I think it's so important. You can follow along with me at the WOMED. DM me on the WOMED. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me for guests um, or questions. You can find uh, the WOMED on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. It's everywhere. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, review it. I appreciate it. Till next week, y'all, WOMED out. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com ah mm. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.